Welcome back to season two of Jory Sports Stories. And as always, I'm your host, Jory. And today's episode is one that you don't want to miss. On today's docket, we get into playoff basketball, drama, injuries, and the biggest headlines of the week. Also on the docket, hot news of the NFL with contracts going out, free agents finding new homes, rumors swirling, and a countdown to the draft. Also on this week's edition, we explore the realm of flagrance or extraness in sports in light of Draymond being Draymond once again. We've gotten plenty to talk about, so tune in, turn up the volume, and let's get it. We're starting this week's episode with NBA action, from the Lakers performing surprisingly well to Minnesota being certified pretenders. What's really good with Memphis? Both the Suns and the Warriors could be in trouble, and in the East, Milwaukee could have some issues, and the 76ers can't seem to be consistent for too long. Injuries have all but plagued the Miami Heat, but tune in as we break everything down a very eventful week in the NBA. So let's get it started. And the first game I'm going to talk about, even though they play again today, so we'll get an updated prediction on next week's episode, but we're going to talk about the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. A few things I want to note. One, Memphis is cooked without Steven Adams. That's a big veteran presence, a good defender, someone who can deal with AD. And they're definitely burnt toast if Ja isn't at at least 90% or he can't play. Ja also has a soft tissue bruise on his right hand or his wrist from landing on his hands with all his body weight. Now, my thing about this is because Ja gets hurt like this because sometimes Ja be taken off from half court. And he goes so hard, so fast. And he tries to brace himself, and it don't work. And, like, falling like that, the last thing you can do is to stick your arms out. I promise you, because that could happen. And he's lucky he didn't break his arms trying to break a fall like that. No, you never break a fall like that falling like that. But with Ja and his his style of play, he's going to have to rein it in a little bit. Because as he gets older, the more injured he's going to get. And the more it's going to ha- keep happening. And then the longer that is going to take for him to come back from these injuries. I.E. Zion Williamson. And Zion's 23. That's another story for another day. But, again, I understand that he's hurting because he landed. That's a lot of weight coming down on those hands. That's why he can't land like that. But he needs to refine his game to where he's not doing so much or just throttling to the basket at all the speed and power and explosiveness he needs to refine his game so that he can be in the game longer if that are making if that's making any sense ja is going to continue to be hurt as long as ja plays like a reckless like a loose cannon like a wild wrecking ball that's what he is. That's why he's almost unstoppable. Because once he gets going, once 
you would have to actually try to pick him up from a little bit over half court to try to stop him from getting full throttle. Because if he gets going, you're toast. And that's the issue. Because the harder you run, the harder you fall. And the Lakers are proving that they can win without LeBron having to be historic. How many times have we been able to say that this season? Not a lot. Um, If Austin Reeves and Rory Hachimura can continue to put the teams on their back and step up big time, this, this is a sweep. This could be a sweep right here. Because my thing about Memphis, we're going to get into Memphis in a minute. But as far as the Lakers, I love what I saw from that first game. LeBron could have a decent game. He didn't have to go beast mode. He got carried. How many times, like, I'm a big LeBron James fan. I would love for LeBron to get, for LeBron to get carried. That means he ain't got to do the carrying himself. Like, come on now. By that type of logic of what he's doing, you make it make sense. Anyway, AD, even though he had that I can't feel my arm moment, he probably couldn't feel his arm. He had a stinger. He'll be fine. He's not as fragile as before. And he's visibly, he's the most visibly impactful at the five. So he needs to be playing more at the five. And because Memphis didn't have any Steve of Adams, they really didn't have Dylan Brooks can't hold 80s shoe. Um, that's what happened. And then, and here's the thing. Is Memphis is a really talented team. It's a really talented team. They're very young, right? But if the Lakers can get AD going pretty consistently without injury, Every time he gets hurt, I just hold my breath. I'd be like, because I'm like, what's wrong now? But Memphis has no chance if AD can get going and then LeBron can start feeding off of him. If the bench can play well, Memphis pretty much might be clipping this series. But here's the thing about the Grizzlies. Memphis's youth and immaturity makes them so talented, right? But they've been one and done, and they're on track to do it again. When one thing goes wrong, it's like all hell breaks loose. Like, emotionally and a mentally immature team, we know that they're emotionally immature team. What has this team been through this season? A whole lot. And they love to run their mouths. Like, who, like Dylan Brooks, I, why would you poke the bear before, right before you have to play him? And then you come around and say, da, 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 let's see if he can do that on Wednesday. Y'all cannot handle poking the bear. So stop poking the bear because if one thing goes bad, they quit. It's like the I saw I got to catch the last bit of that game, right? And it's like they didn't score a point the last three minutes and five seconds of the game. It's like they quit. And then the Lakers went on the 
went on that run to score a whole bunch of points. Whap, whap, whap. Swish, swish, swish. It's like they quit. Memphis has a lot. That Memphis Grizzly team has a lot to grow of growing up to do, and they most of them are around my age. I'm 22. They're like 22 to 25. The oldest is Stephen Adams, who's 29, and he tore his PCL. So he, you're not gonna get him back anytime soon. But what's wrong with this Grizzlies team is that they're immature. And their immaturity shines at the worst times. Like, they're very talented. They're talented enough to be able to go to these bigger bigger teams, older teams, veteran teams, and match and go bar for bar, go point for point. Da, da, da. They can do that. They can flat out outplay these teams, right? But their, their immaturity or their lack of maturity, immaturity, same difference, is what gets them in the end. And that's something that they're going to have to address they're going to have to get a veteran in that locker room. And as much as they don't need it, they think they, they don't need it, they do. Because that locker room is being controlled by a whole bunch of young 20-year-olds high, high off of testosterone that don't know the difference, that make irrational decisions and like to run their mouths. Come on now. So I believe that this myth is... Like, this game right here will determine if the Lakers get it done at four, if they get it done at five. I got the Lakers winning this series. And the Heat at the Bucks. Heat versus the Bucks. Now, I'm going back to the first game. This is my, these are my game one reactions. Most of these games are already on game two, so I'm a little bit behind. My work schedule kind of has me kind of goofy. But we'll react to all of that next week. Miami learned from the debacle at versus Atlanta. The Bucks created their own debacle to fix. The Bucks can be in trouble if Giannis can't play or isn't at least 90% healthy. This is there's there's a recurring theme here with these matchups, man. There's some injuries. Miami is super inconsistent during the regular season, but it's like they hit a switch in the playoffs and they become a hard out. So for the Bucks, I need them to not have to chase Miami around. A whole game like they did the last time. The Milwaukee Bucks cannot absolutely have another game where they're chasing anybody around for most of the game like they did with Miami. And then the Heat couldn't miss. And before I get really critical, Chris Middleton actually did play well in absence of of Giannis. But one thing about Milwaukee is this whole season I've been paying attention to them, they can get to slow and sloppy starts, but they cannot have any more slow and sloppy starts, especially if they don't have Giannis. And so for Miami to keep this lead and have a serious shot to win this series, it can't all fall on Jimmy Buckets. Bam needs to be consistent. Kyle Lowry needs to consistently be Kyle Lowry of old and not an old Kyle Lowry. What else I like to say? Tyler Hero is probably done. If he's done, yikes. But for Miami to have a genuine chance, so many moving pieces, even though, yes, they do have Kevin Love, and he's proven to be quite effective coming off the bench. But didn't he just get hurt? So it was like, the Miami Heat have so many moving pieces 
that they need to click at the right time. And it's virtually impossible to say that all of those pieces are going to click together, even though they just did it. But that's neither here nor there. The Clippers versus the Suns. Now, they just played last night. There was a different outcome, and I still believe this to be true. The Phoenix Suns and the lack of defense could be in some trouble. Now, I didn't get to catch a lot of that game last night, so I'm not going to speak on that game like that. I'll speak on that game next week when I get to watch the highlights right after this. But... Russell Westbrook wasn't added. We'll talk about him later in Joy's timeout sessions because I got a mouthful for him. Russell Westbrook did all the little things to help L.A. win, the Clippers, without really having a monster offensive night, and he's cool with that, right? He had another little quote, but we'll address that later. So the fact that I'm proud as a basketball fan, I'm proud that Russell Wilson is at Russell Wilson. Get it together, Jory. Russell Westbrook is a little bit happier than what he was with the Lakers. I believe that there was too many expectations for that Lakers team, that they weren't very well built, and they had to use him to get rid of some pieces. That's just common sense. But he's happier with the Clippers than he ever was with the Lakers. So I'm glad for him for that, and he's actually a slightly a bit more productive with the Clippers than he was with the Lakers. But we'll talk about that later. The Clippers, and they won't have, the Clippers have their own injury kind of bug going around. They won't have Paul George for the rest of this series. Now, that could kill their series. But here's the thing. They're playing a team that really don't play a lot of defense. Devin Booker and CP3 needs to be better defensively if this team is going to have a a shot to sniff a championship. Yeah, because as the playoffs go, like from what I know, from what I'm watching, as I was watching from a little girl, as the playoffs go along, you're going to need to rely on your defense because the teams get better and better. You're not playing cupcakes right now. You're playing some of the best of the best. So... I'm a, they're going to need Devin Booker and CP3 to be able to defend worth, some, worth two pennies or something. And I love DeAndre Ayton. I really do. But I want him to stop being touch and go so often. And the Clippers have the better bench. So the Suns really don't have anybody that, can really, that they trust enough to come off that bench and do anything impactful. The Clippers do. That could be an impact into, the, into this series. And to the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. First things first. We can conclude, when I mean we, I mean I, can, I've came to a very pretty stark conclusion. That the Timberwolves are the biggest pretenders in this year's playoffs. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Listen. Carl Anthony Towns like to think he's a big shifty guard when he's too big for any of that. Carl Anthony Towns plays better. He's more effective when he plays as a big and not as a guard. So you you have his big butt running around, shoot, 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 instead of getting his big butt in the paint. That's reason number one. That right there. 
And I love Anthony Edwards. We'll get to him in just a second. And the Rudy Gobert thing was an expensive franchise-altering mistake. In what universe was Rudy Gobert ever worth four to five first-round draft picks? And you got to keep him. Unless you want to admit that that was a failure and just cut him. But you got to keep him. At least try to make it or try to make it work somehow. I mean, Anthony Edwards can't do it all by himself with Cat rotating between playing big and playing small and Rudy Gobert French frying it up on the court. This team could get swept this series. There's a reason why they didn't get past the Lakers. They're not together enough. They're inconsistent, and minus a few, they're very young. Even though Denver is still not to be trusted because of the injuries, they should be trusted enough to take care of Minnesota, and that's what they did. Michael Porter Jr. is coming all, along nicely, minus, his, minus the various health issues, but with his back issues seemingly resolved, he's coming along nicely at times. Jokic and Murray and company definitely showed why they were ranked that high for so long in the season. They fell off when they, I don't know what happened when they fell off, but when they fell off, they got that Denver Nugget immaturity thing going on. They need to ride this momentum. They could go all the way. Now, if they could be a dark horse, the Nuggets would be, in my eye. And the Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. Look. Look. I'm going to be 100. I'm going to be completely honest. Bottom line, Warriors are in some deep trouble. Down 0-2 to an upstart team that's been playing well. And now you don't have Draymond Green. But here's the thing, though. I kind of predicted this to happen. Sacramento has the type of team that can give the Warriors issues. With De'Aaron Fox and company. The Warriors' biggest problem is, is inconsistency, especially on the road. This whole playoffs has been one big, I'm going to put the most inconsistent team out there and get let them get exposed type of show. Jordan Poole, he needs to be better. Period. What he did the other day cannot happen again, which is absolutely nothing. Draymond needs to stop being a gnat and play better if the Warriors want a sliver of hope. He just got suspended. You're not going to have Draymond until game four, but this is what his stat line is in the last game. Eight points, four rebounds, five assists in 31 minutes. That can't happen if you're going to jaw jack and bump your gums all the time. And the Warriors also need to stop turning the ball over and being reckless. And do I really need to say anything about what's going on in Atlanta and what's going on in the Celtics-Hawks series? The Hawks finna get swept. They need to blow that up. It's not Nate McMillan's fault. It's not Quinn Snyder's fault. That team does not have a lot of talent. Well, they do. They have some potential, but I don't see talent right now, like win-now talent. I see potential talent. And then you got Trey Showboating. 
He knows he's not playing well right right now. And DeJounte Murray, that's the touch-and-go queen right there. So, Boston and four. Next up, we're entering the last week until this year's NFL draft. Things have somewhat quieted down until recently. We've had big contracts coming to fruition, free agents finding new homes, the latest on draft news, and more. Again, turn your volume up and let's tune in. All right, let's get it. Big news of the day in the NFL. Jalen Hurts just signed a five-year, $255 million contract extension with the Eagles. Highest in the NFL history. Also, not fully guaranteed. Listen to this. $179 million fully guaranteed. There's a no-trade clause. He has a low cap hit for the next five years. The Eagles have kind of manipulated what they, they did the thing. It was well-deserved, showed leaps and bounds of, he personally showed leaps and bounds of progress, and he did lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl appearance. Now, a lot of people are going to kind of equate this to the Lamar Jackson situation. Here's the thing. Here's the biggest difference. The Eagles got this done with one or two years left on his contract, that he on his rookie contract, the smartest way to do it. All Baltimore has managed to do is piss Lamar off and the general public. So, and granted, the things we know is partially because of the other party at hand and anything that gets leaked. They're not saying anything, so that's kudos to Baltimore. But for this Jalen Hurts is secured for at least the next five to seven seasons as an Eagle. He also just had ankle surgery, so good luck. And there's people on Twitter saying, "Oh, they're gonna see how that how well that gets how that gets them for resetting the market." Well, um, did Deshaun Watson also not get a contract that I don't think he deserved? Did he also not reset the market? Deshaun Watson is the reason why Lamar Jackson is not happy with Baltimore. And then there's been some grumblings that he said hopefully he could top Jalen. Deshaun. I'm reading, I'm getting this thing stuff off Twitter. I'm like, you shouldn't have got what you got. So don't sit here and say you think somebody should get or was it preferring to Dak? It was either preferring to Dak or to um, Lamar. But he's saying that they should top what Jalen got. Don't sit here and tell me, and don't sit here and get go on the record saying that somebody else needs to make more money than anybody else. Especially when you shouldn't have got what you got dealing with what you were dealing with. Mr. Massage Envy. Jesus Christ. 
And a bit of a good news, DeMar Hamlin has been cleared to resume all football activities by the grace of God. Look at God. Ain't God great? I will continue to keep them in my prayers and I hope he can make a full recovery like he would like to. Speaking of the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens also hosted Anthony Richardson for a visit of mass Lamar Jackson contract drama. Now, actively having somebody who's, I think, overrated as a quarterback prospect, but actively having somebody who's projected to go around and to go in the first round pick visit and you're having a contract dispute with your day one starter, it doesn't look good for you. We all know that Lamar requested a trade. Either get rid of the man or pay the man. I mean, y'all tried to pay him, but he didn't sign it, and he doesn't have to sign it. And the 49ers could be looking to trade Trey Lance, who they just drafted not, not even a year ago, like a year or two ago. But he got hurt, broke his ankle, and prop. Brock Purdy may have won that job. I believe Brock Purdy, that is Brock Purdy's job to lose. Um, one real, real interesting situation is that my Tennessee Titans just got a new GM from the 49ers, Rand Carthon. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Rand Carthon. If I mispronounce a name, I'm sorry. But, yeah, Rand. Yeah, we just got a new GM. And they're saying that we could trade up, we could trade to get Trey Lance. What are we going to trade to get him? Ryan Tannehill? They're going to take that contract for that. And I love me some Tannehill. There will be Titans fans who are salivating for the idea of Tannehill to leave. But I love me some Ryan Tannehill. Period. That's my quarterback. I do agree that it might be time to move on after next year, but come on. At bare minimum, if you go get Trey Lance, he might not even be worth a first-round pick anymore. He might be worth like a third or a fifth. Because of how he broke his leg. But Matt's neither here or there. And then the Rams traded Allen Robinson for a bag of chips and a sweater for the to the Steelers. And the thing about that trade is Allen Robinson actually wanted to go to the Eagles last year. That didn't happen. They went and got A.J. Brown. And voila. I see that worked out for the Eagles. It didn't work out well for Allen Robinson in L.A. And I'm glad that the Rams this offseason are taking the be patient approach instead of trying to rush into a rebuild. They know that they're in this for a minute. If it's two organizations that I know that they should know that they're in a rebuild for a minute, it's the Bucks and the Rams. But here's the thing. They both have recent Super Bowls. So is it... Come on now. Like Kansas City, we know that's a, they could be a machine... They've gotten two Super Bowls, and they're not rebuilding, partially because they have Patrick Mahomes. And Tom Brady retired, and then Matthew Stafford is hurt. Did you guys know 
that Matthew Stafford is the only quarterback they have on that roster right now. They don't even have a place kicker. They don't have a long snapper, and they don't have a punter. The Rams know they are in some trouble right now. What else about going on in the NFL? Um, former Titans linebacker Bud Dupree signed a one-year contract with um the the Atlanta Titans. I mean the Atlanta Falcons. <clears throat> Might as well be, but I believe that what what they're doing down down here. I'm not not saying down there like it's up there. Down here towards Flower Grinch, it could be something special. I know what Bud Dupree is. I've seen him for the past two seasons. He can be very special. He's very talented. He's very good when he's healthy. Here's the thing. Health. If he's healthy. But. Yeah. Anything else happened? Not really. But the draft is next week, and I'm still thinking that Bryce Young might not. Now there's there's been these grumblings that Bryce Young might not go number one overall. Okay, Carolina, play with other play with house money if you want to. Play with house money is the best and the worst thing that you could do. Oh my God, because if this don't work. If they pass on Bryce Young, Frank Reich, and it comes back to bite them in the butt, that's a fireable offense. Period. Point blank. And now for this week's edition of Jory's Timeout Session. And top of this week's discussion is, is flagrance, bizarre behaviors in sports, partially in honor of Mr. Draymond Green. And when does somebody with some authority step in? Between that and athletes who podcast during the season and why the NBA is so much more spicy than the NFL. And some life lessons from yours truly that are completely not related to sports whatsoever. So get your ears and your laughs ready, and let's get it. And to start out this t- week's timeout session, Draymond and flagrance in sports. When I mean by flagrance, I mean by just blatant and when people do things in flagrance, they do things for a reason. So, here's the thing about Draymond kicking a dude or stomping on a dude's chest. Because I saw the video. Draymond was correct to react the way that he did. Period. I understand that sometimes in basketball you fall in a way that you might grab one or something. But to somebody grabbing his leg while trying to run, of course I'm going to stomp on you. Because get off me. And the reason, like, yeah, get off me. And do actions have consequences? Yes. 
Do I believe it should have been a tech? Yes. Do I believe that he should have got ejected? No. Because anybody with some sense, if some, if you're trying to run towards something or away from something and somebody grabbing your leg, you're going to stop on them too. So, but here's the thing with that. Draymond has like a history of doing questionable things. So the NFL, NFL, the NBA suspended him, maybe extra to everybody else, but they were attempting to send a message to maybe try to nip this behavior in the bud, his behavior in the bud, even though in this case, Draymond was completely correct to act in that manner. Now, that being said, what's the line between just a reaction and checking somebody a little bit and going out of your way to be extra? Maybe intent. But, like I said, everybody psychoanalyzes everything. We all try to look at different angles. The stuff that I saw was in the mirror looking at me was he, that was a reaction. Now, if he had have sat, looked down on him, looked down on him, put his foot up and then stomped on him, I don't understand that. I understand him getting suspended by, but for a reaction of get off me reaction. No. That's not a suspendable offense, especially when you have out people out here doing more than that and not getting suspended. Now, granted, he was sus- he was kind of injured from taking the foot to the chest, but at the same time, don't grab somebody's leg when they're trying to run, dummy. But again, the line between checking somebody and having a reaction and going out of your way to be extra was maybe intent. Now, we've, I've been watching basketball enough to know. We know when Draymond's trying to do something. We can look and see that it was intentional. When Draymond or Dylan Brooks or whatever dirty player that's out there, I mean, whatever questionable player that's out there, we could tell intent just by looking at the situation because if it wasn't intentional and you had some sense things would have been different so I don't I understand the point of it but like I'm seeing that with the way that the sports are just this is just me being in general and speaking sports in general are covered any sort of flagrant or blatant type of out-of-the-norm behavior is seen as a negative thing, right? NFL, you have people acting out. He needs to stop. Well, but we have to do a better job at analyzing both sides of the situation. One, you could say that Draymond was incorrect to do, react that way. But two, look at the situation yourself. If somebody was grabbing onto your leg and you're trying to rub it up, for, up a court and they won't let go, you don't think a little, a little, little jig ain't necessary to get them off? Like, get off me. And... Again, it's not like Draymond actually took his foot, raised it, 
looked at him, and then stomped on him. No. Part of me thinks that that was a reaction. And part of me thinks that there was just a little way to get him up out of, off of him so he could run down the court. That's weak. Y'all want these people to play basketball, but y'all call... Y'all are so inconsistent about calling stuff, and y'all call ticky-tack little technical fouls and get people ejected. That was not something that was ejectable, and it was not suspension-worthy either. But we all know why he got the suspension. He got the suspension because he suspension because he's Draymond Green, and he has a history of being questionable. When you have a history of doing questionable things, eventually you're going to lose the benefit of the doubt. In this case, Draymond Green definitely lost all benefit and all doubt because he got suspended for a game in the playoffs without play. Without play. And you have people saying, well, Steph said, I knew he was going to get suspended. They are numb to this. Clay said what he said. Everybody's talking about Clay Thompson may or may not be a little bit of a sissy, but and that's me putting it lightly, but he has been a little Here's the thing. To everybody tripping off Clay Thompson being mouthy, he's always been like this. He's always had something to say. It was just being covered up because of Draymond and Steph. But now that Clay done came back and that injury. But now that Clay is back, he back back. And he jaw jacking as well. So he can sound like a salty. He's always been like this. He's always been like this. Excuse the voice crack. He's always came across as kind of salty and a little <sighs> complainy and whiny. He's always like this. But... Another topic I want to talk about, because I saw something on the internet, read a few little articles that really kind of set me off. Russell Westbrook and this whole blame the Lakers thing, why it didn't work out, is really getting old. He said he had a quick hook here. Well, not here. At the Lakers, right? And there will be four whole four quarters and that the Clippers don't really do anything, something like that. He said something questionable. When I've seen whole fourth quarters, Tyloo don't play him. Or when I've seen the coach of the Lakers play him when he's been 0 for 11. So before you state how you had a short leash, state how poorly you played that led to that. Explain how the Lakers all of a sudden improved after removing you. Or if it's going to make you say questionable things that can be poked with a butter knife, that can have holes poked in it with a butter knife, just say no comment. Period. And the thing about athletes who podcast during the season, here's the thing. I have no problem with it because a lot of the athletes who do it, i.e. Draymond or others, They might do it as a way to escaping offload, right? But at the same time, you're creating bulletin bulletin board material for others. So I can see why other people would have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with it. Let these athletes be themselves. Give them a voice. Let them let their voices be heard in whatever type of magnitude that they want to be heard. But they can't get mad when we take something that they said and run with it because they said it 
they can't get mad when we draw conclusions based off of something that they said. And they said it. But that's neither here nor there. As far as it's not a complete distraction to the organization, and the organization, nine times out of ten, the organization will tell you, hey, cut that crap out. Am I or am I not right? Because it's a job, right? And a job will only let you get away with so much, right? And before they have to step in, right? Okay. So I have no problems with athletes who podcast and, and, and walk during the season. Say to all the reckless stuff that you want to. You should know. As a fan, I want you to say all the reckless stuff that you say. I do. I really do because I love to hear it. But on the other hand, I also want these people to be careful about the things that they're putting out there. Again, bulletin board material. You're setting yourself up for failure. You make yourself look bad. But whatnot. But don't say to athletes in podcast during the season. Let them talk. Let them get their words out. Let them get their... They're playing this game. Let them break it down right after. Let them offload how they want to. I think it's entertaining. Theoretically, I mean, me just being me. And why the NBA is more spicy than the NFL? Well, here's the thing. The NFL is hands down more dangerous. And you do... If you try to hurt another man in the NFL, that's a bench-clearing brawl. That I know. You do it on purpose, try to cut block, you're going to get an A, man. Or you might get hit. The NBA, right the way we're going, in even in the NFL, these little spicy dudes like to do all that jaw-jacking first. They come at you on Twitter, and then... They get you on the on on the interview and start saying stuff. The NBA is more spicy. One, they get to see each other more often. They get eighty two games versus um seventeen, um, and NBA Twitter is definitely the place to get beat. Cause, whew. What I mean by more spicy is did you not see what how Kyle Kuzma reacted to Spencer Dinwiddie? That's spice right there. And then Spencer Dinwiddie said, all I said was the truth, and I got responded with by a whole bunch of 10-year-old insults. No, you got cooked, and some of those insults were true. By somebody who dresses like a clown. But, yeah, I just feel like the NBA is always going to be more spicy. Because it's not as dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous, but all sports can be dangerous. But the NFL, the tolerance level is so much lower. Like, if you hit me in my knee, like if I'm an NFL player, I'm a running back, you hit me in my knee, I'm swinging. You know how sensitive people can be about their knees. I'm swinging. Now, some people in the, in the NBA, they might not swing if you um if you go at them wrong. But 99.9% of the people in the NFL, you hit them wrong, you're going to hear about it. And some life lessons from Jordan. One, 
just some things I felt like I needed to say to get out there into the universe. Trust your gut. If somebody's being weird, they're weird. Trust your gut. Protect your pre peace. Now, when I mean by protect your peace, you don't have to have the last word in everything. I'm okay with just letting people go and just saying, don't hit me up, right? And keep it real with the person in the mirror. Because if you're deluding yourself into thinking something different, you're never going to be able to really... Keep it real with the person in the mirror. If you can't keep it real with yourself, ain't nobody else going to be able to keep it real with you. I had a deeper meaning that I wanted to say, but then I forgot. Don't blame me. And don't hesitate. Like, and I said, I put this in here mainly for me, because I'm probably going to go back and listen to this anyway. But hesitating, making decisions, and hesitating because of fear, don't do that. You miss out on life when you hesitate because of fear. You know what I'm saying? Again, y'all know the drill. So if you've reached this part of the show, that means we've reached the conclusion of this week's episode of Jory Sports Stories. Once again, I'm your host, Jory, and I would like to thank you all for listening to today's episode. And if you liked what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. For updates and more, follow us on Twitter at Jory Stories, J-O-R-I-S-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. And on Instagram at JD's underscore sports stories. JDS underscore sports stories. Tune in next week for more playoff coverage and the final draft coverage right before the big day. Thanks for listening today and I'll see y'all next week.